Good morning. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the pastor here. And today we are launching a brand new series called Bless This Home. We are so glad that you're here uh, to worship with us. But right off the bat, I want to just acknowledge all the moms out there and, and just wish you a happy Mother's Day. As we speak on blessing and how our homes can be blessed, you moms really make a difference in family life, and you also make a difference in church life in our community here at Ridgeview Church. So thank you for all you do. You're just your words of encouragement, your deeds, your actions of service, all the things that you do that, that so many don't even ever see, including your own kids, your own family. And so thank you for that. We pray that, that God will honor you today. And in fact, I want to pray a prayer of blessing on all the moms out there. But I also want to acknowledge that today just brings up a mixed emotions for some of us. You may be here and, and this might be the first Mother's Day w- without your mom or every Mother's Day you think of just the memory of your mom and there's a certain you know, appreciation but also a certain sense of loss. Uh, you may be here and you really just longing to be a mom and, and that's not happened yet. And so in the middle of all the, the joy that we can experience on this day, uh, there's also some, some grief. There's also some sadness. And so God will meet you uh, wherever you are. And in fact, that's going to be a big part of what we talk about today. And so I just want to pray uh, for all the moms out there. And so let's pray together. Father, we welcome you here. Thank you for this opportunity to worship together. And we are not together in person, but we are together in spirit. And we know that you are with us. And so we're not alone. God, thank you for all the moms that bless our lives, for all the things that they do to, to make home life sweet. Thank you for the moms, for all that they contribute to our church. And God, we also just acknowledge just the sense of loss some have today, that you will comfort them, that you'll draw near to them. We also pray for those just experiencing just sadness for a variety of emotions and reasons today. So God, we just pray that you'll bring them comfort that you'll encourage all the moms out there to know that they're making a difference. So we thank you for the gift that moms bring. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So like I mentioned, we're starting this new series called Bless This Home. And I don't know about you, but blessing is a word that I'm always interested in. Uh, Blessing something that I want in my own life. It's something that I want my kids and my wife to experience and our family to experience. As the pastor of the church, I want blessing to be something that we experience as a church as well. But what I found is so many times we're, we're chasing after blessing, but it's difficult to find. It can sometimes seem just like this mirage, like we keep trying to get to, and then as we think we're there, blessing still seems like it's, it's beyond us or ahead of us. And so today's message, and for the next two weeks, we're going to be looking at how to really find blessing according to God and specifically Jesus' teaching. And we're going to be focusing on what some consider it's the greatest sermon of all time. And it's called the Sermon on the Mount. And in this sermon, Jesus lays out just these principles of how to experience a blessed life. So as we look at these principles, we're going to apply these to not only our own lives, but also how does this impact our family unit? How does this impact our home and and what we do and and what we say? But before I, I kind of dig into the specifics of the sermon found in Matthew 5, I want to give a backdrop video that provides the context of why did Jesus come? Certainly, he was a great teacher. He had authority that people had never seen. He had perspective that people were longing for. He gave hope for people that were were hopeless. 
but he was much more than a teacher. So in this video, I want to kind of describe and show you uh, the context and the purpose for why Jesus came. So let's watch this together. How has COVID-19 impacted you? In the wake of the pandemic, many people are experiencing invisible but very real side effects. For some of us, it's a post-earthquake syndrome. Our sense of security has been shaken. Our jobs, finances, and safety are less stable than before. And amid the mess, we're looking for meaning and purpose. For others, it's the new claustrophobia. Our house seems smaller each day. With our family now together 24-7, we feel pressed between job responsibilities and relationship tensions. At times, sadness, anger, and fear close in around us. We feel trapped. The symptoms we are feeling are actually just the tip of the iceberg of our much larger need for rescue. We are adrift, cut off from the resources we need to experience meaning, purpose, love, and peace. We hope to hear the sound of a helicopter bringing a rescuer. Human beings weren't always in need of this rescue. God created the first man and woman to know him and to experience his friendship, care, and love. He showed them how to live so they could make choices that would lead to life in all its fullness. However, Adam and Eve rebelled against God's direction. They chose to do life their own way. And everyone since then chose life their own way, which is sin. As a result, we live in guilt and separation from God. The gap between us and God is too great. There are just not enough good deeds that we could do to restore the relationship. But out of his infinite and extreme love, God didn't let it end there. At an astounding cost to himself, he took the initiative and made a way for us to be rescued. About 2,000 years ago, God sent his son Jesus to earth to show us how to live God's way, how to find the meaning and purpose we've lost. Jesus took upon himself the sin and guilt of all mankind as he died a horrific death on the cross. His death paid our penalty, making a way for us to connect to God. Three days later, Jesus resurrected, came back to life, proving he is God. If we stop trying to live life our own way and commit to Jesus as Lord of our life, he provides everything we need to experience the truly full life now and eternal life with him forever. It's been almost 2,000 years since Jesus' resurrection. Since then, billions of people claim they have experienced the reality of Jesus rescuing them. They tell of a personal relationship with a loving God, strength and peace amidst turmoil, healing of inner hurt, and power and direction for navigating crisis. If you were in physical peril, just imagine how grateful you would be to be found by a strong and competent rescuer. The Bible describes Jesus as a rescuer, seeking us, coming to us individually, saying, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Accepting Jesus' rescue parallels physical rescue, which involves agreeing you need the rescue, believing the rescuer has the power to save you, and committing to do what your rescuer says. If you're ready to open the door to Jesus and accept his rescue, it is necessary to agree you have chosen to do life your own way and ask God for forgiveness. Believe Jesus came to earth and died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin. Commit to accept Jesus' offer of rescue and respond to him for who he is, Lord, 
in charge of everything and your boss for how you live each day. If you're ready to accept Jesus' rescue, you can pray, talk to God, telling him something like this. Lord Jesus, I believe you are God. Thank you for dying for my sins so that I can be forgiven. I yield control of my life to you. Come into my life and make me into the person you want me to be. Thank you for giving me eternal life. So I hope that that video was a help to you. As I look at that, it's just a great way to kind of summarize in a way what life is all about and also just my own spiritual condition. And so right off the bat, as we talk about blessing, I want to connect you to what that video says. And it's talking about this rescue mission and this just confession and reality check that that we need to be rescued. So as we talk throughout this series about blessing, the beginning part of blessing is actually when you decide to put your hope and to put your faith in the Lord Jesus. When you turn to him and say, you know, I need to be rescued, I need help, that's actually the beginning of where blessing begins because now you're connected to God. You're connected back to your leader, to your authority. And that's when life begins to get put back together. And so it's easy sometimes to look at kind of adding this and adding that and it may be surface things, but what we need is actually, we need change on the inside. We need change at the core. And so if you've never committed your life to Christ, and you watch that video and there's a part of you that says, that's me, that resonates, I need to be rescued. I wanna encourage you, today you can decide to follow Christ. So right off the bat, we have a digital connection card and you'll see an image of that and there's some places where you can take a next step. But if you've never yet decided to follow Jesus as your boss, as your leader, you can decide that today. Everything we talk about for the rest of today and the next two weeks flows from that decision. And so you just mark, I want to be a follower of Jesus on that connection card, and we will follow up with you. We will send you some information, and we will clarify what that means. And so I encourage you uh, to do that. So let's get back to the specifics of this sermon, this greatest sermon of all time. And I want to just start by by giving some, some context of kind of what was happening at this period of time. This is almost 2,000 years ago. Uh, Jesus is, is giving kind of this sermon on the side of the mountain. He's speaking to his disciples, but anywhere Jesus went at this point in his ministry, large crowds followed him. Uh, he was popular. Again, his teaching had authority that people longed for, and it had substance, and he had this hope that, again, that they, they really wanted. But the people were under pressure from both sides. You see, they were under tyrannical Roman rule. And they had standards of this foreign power that came to rule them. And at times it was, it was harsh. It was very difficult. They also had religious leaders of their own people, Jewish leaders of the scribes and the Pharisees that, that kind of set just religious expectations at an all-time high. So there was this burden of power upon them from the Romans and then this burden of spiritual expectation from their own people. And so you could imagine that the people were just feeling this weight of pressure Everywhere they looked, they just felt under it. And it's really interesting because as Jesus is speaking, he actually is speaking to these people who are longing uh, for blessing. They're actually longing for hope. And when I think of my own life and when I think of my own family, actually the same is true for myself. 
I can find myself being up so much pressure of my own expectations, maybe even the expectations of others. I can look at my life and I could see like it's not exactly where I hoped it would be. And it's the same as we look at our kids, as our marriages, and we can just feel the pressure and weight of expectations or disappointment or uh, discouragement. So Jesus is speaking to this crowd, but he's also speaking to us. If you're burdened by life, if you feel the weight of just responsibility and you just feel like you're coming up short, these words are for us. And so I hope that they encourage you. So Jesus, at the core of his message, is speaking this. What matters most is who you are, not what you do. You see, these people had seen just the rulers around them just forcing them to do this and do that. Religious leaders, here's the expectations. You need to meet this, meet this, meet that, meet this. And just the pressure just kept raising. And and Jesus says, you know what? There's so much focus on all your actions that you can actually miss who you are at your core. The the core of who you are, your, your heart, your character. And so blessing comes from who you are. And so Jesus is kind of setting this precedence that they hadn't heard before. It's not about checking boxes. It's not about appearances. It's actually who you are on the inside. So this was, this was radical. Now, this is really helpful for us to kind of just pause and think about in our own life. Certainly, we live at a time because of social media, because of technology, where it's easy to focus on the outward appearance or achievements in our own life, in family, And we can post things on Instagram and Facebook and we can share with people and give a picture of this is what our life looks like. But oftentimes it can be a facade. It can show what's happening externally, but but not really what's what's going on. Uh, Here's some pictures that I want to show you, which I I find interesting. These are posts on Instagram where it's reality uh, versus the ideal. And the idea is you can only see what, what you can see or what people show you. And so this first pic, you could see there, there's these beautiful muffins being made, but, but you can see that this just child crying in the background. Again, you can't hear that going on. You can't see it going on. It just looks like a serene picture. Everything's together. Here's another picture of just this nicely set food on a table, but then you don't see all the mess of the kids' toys on the floor. This third pic here is a, a picture of just the beach and this woman just enjoying this peaceful atmosphere, but then all the chaos that's ensuing around her. Now, if you're like me, oftentimes my frame is not this peaceful, tranquil setting. It's all the chaos. And so Jesus is saying is like, get it. I I understand where you are, guys. I, I know what's going on. There's chaos in your life. There's pressure. There's things that you're facing. You feel hopeless. You're discouraged. You're disappointed from all that's going on in your life. Internally, all the things that you're facing. Externally, all the pressures that people are putting on you. You don't have to fake it. You don't have to fake it anymore. I'm here to, to help you. And I'm here to give you specific instructions on how blessing can come into your life. And so, again, it's not what we do, but it's it's who we are. That's the focus. And further, we need to focus on our attitudes, not on appearances and achievements. The reason I want to set this is it's easy as we talk about blessing to kind of just, yeah, I want to add this on. But again, Jesus came to kind of flip the script, to kind of turn around what was normal. And it's so normal for us to focus outwardly on how we appear. I don't know about you, I care what people think of me, and I'm sure you do as well. I care what people think about my kids, and I'm sure you do as well. I care about what people think of my marriage, and I'm sure you do as well. My own life, my achievements, 
But Jesus is saying is you can get so caught up in that, in comparison. You get so caught up in just feeling discouraged because what you see of others or just trying to live up to your own expectations or the expectations of others that you just get in this swirl. Jesus is saying is, listen, if you focus on attitudes, not on your appearance, the appearance of your family, how things look on the outside, but if you focus on attitudes, not achievement, you will be blessed. And so this is the context for what Jesus is speaking to, and he cuts right to the heart. So let's jump in. Matthew chapter 5. Here are the attitudes that God blesses. The first is the poor in spirit. Matthew 5.3 says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now the word blessing there is one that, that means a happiness or a sense of bliss. Like, wow, there's just a joy to life. And every one of these beatitudes, these attitudes that we should be, these attitudes that we should have, starts with this blessed. This blessing are you and blessed are you and so happy are you and bliss will come to your life if you do these things. So it's very interesting. Jesus is knowing all that's going on in the lives of all these people listening, even his own followers, just the amount of just pressure they had on their own life to follow Jesus and what that meant for their own families and what people thought of them. But it's interesting, he starts with, you will be blessed and you'll have joy, but then immediately goes to, you're blessed if you're what? Poor in spirit. Doesn't that seem like a major letdown? I want joy and I want happiness, but then you begin with poor? And in this time in Jesus' crowd, there, really there's this divide. There was the rich or there were the poor. And most people listening were the poor. There wasn't really a middle class. They knew what it meant to be poor in spirit. They didn't really have much in their life physically. They also knew what it meant to be poor spiritually because they looked at these religious leaders and all the expectations and they fell short. So these people knew kind of this spiritual emptiness that they had, like, I can't do what everyone is doing. I can't live up to these things, all these deeds. And also, I I hardly have any material wealth. What do I have to offer? And so Jesus' words right here, while they seem like they're this major letdown, they're actually hopeful. Because what he's saying is, blessed are you if you need help. And it goes back to the video I showed, this rescue mission. Blessed are you if you need help. To be rescued. Blessed of you if you don't have everything together. Blessed of you if your family life feels like it's unraveling. Now, doesn't that seem like, well, how does that work? It's like the opposite. It's counterintuitive. But what Jesus is saying is, when you realize that you're spiritually bankrupt, that you can't earn your way, favor with God or with others, there's actually hope for you. Because if you think that you have it all together and you can kind of power your way to get what you want, Again and again, you're just going to wind up empty. But if you can admit that you're spiritually bankrupt, there's blessing. And what's the blessing that flows? Well, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you admit that you need help, you need rescuing in family life, in work life, every aspect of your life, and you turn to God for help, in this poor in spirit, like, God, I'm not rich in my own deeds. I'm not rich in my own life, not rich in my own power. I'm in need of your help. If you do that, you actually are welcomed into God's family. And so Jesus is speaking to these people that always are asking, where do we fit? We have rulers coming against us, religious leaders coming against us. Where do we fit? And what Jesus is saying is, well, blessed are you. If you're poor in spirit, you, you admit that you need to be rescued because you will be rescued. 
you're invited into God's family. So that's kind of the beginning of where blessing flows. This idea that we need help. Very interesting, is it? It's kind of counterintuitive. Again, blessed are you if you have life altogether. That seems like the American mandate right now. But what Jesus is saying is actually blessed if you realize that in the middle of the mess, God will come to help as you turn to him. When we need to be rescued, we can be through Jesus' help. So that's the first one. The second attitude that God blesses is this, those who mourn. Matthew 5, 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, we don't use the word mourn that much, but it's actually this deep sorrow or a regret that we can experience. Oftentimes, we can mourn our own life because of things that we've done. There's a mourning of disappointment, mourning of just discouragement. Like, we wish we would have handled that differently. When we look at our past, there can be a mourning like, I wish that would have never happened. There can even be a mourning as we look to our future, like, I wish I was at a different place than I am now. And so we just kind of get in this, this fog of, of sadness and regret. So it's interesting. Jesus is saying is like, there's a, a part of you where if you can acknowledge where you are, you can actually get help. Now, there's also a mourning that we can have as we look at our own family. There may be just some sorrow related to where we wish our family was and we had all maybe these hopes and expectations for our marriage, but it's, it's not where we hoped it would be. But what Jesus is saying is he's talking about the present, not the past and not the future. He's saying, if you're mourning and there's some regret and there's sorrow in your life, if you turn to God for help, you will be comforted. That is a huge blessing. Again, it's just the acknowledgement. I don't have to fake it. There's some disappointment. There's some discouragement in my life right now. There's things that I'm facing that are overwhelming, that I don't really talk about, that I don't really show to others, maybe not even my own family. But if I turn to God, I can find comfort. And I hope that that encourages you. And so if you find just your mourning over your own actions, things that you've done to people and your family, those in your life, your loved ones, friends, things that you've said or things that you've done, and there's like a, just a regret over that, you can actually make that right. You can admit you've done wrong and go to that person and clean that mess up. Or if you again look at your family and there's just this unraveling that you see and there's just disappointment, you turn to God and say, God, here, here I am, here we are. It's a mess. It's a bundle of just all these things. Will, will you put us back together? So it's very interesting. Bless this home begins with first the just admitting like we need help. If you admit that, you can become a part of the family of God. You can now get power and the help of a greater family than just your own. That's a huge blessing. The second is if you're mourning and you just feel loss, God will comfort you. And that comfort is really described as the sense of you're not alone and you're not by yourself trying to figure it out. God will help you and he will give you what you need in your time of need. So I hope that that just gives you kind of some hope. The third attitude that God blesses is this, meek. Now, meek is again another word that we don't use much. Meek sounds like weak, but it's actually the opposite of weakness. Meek is used to describe the horse that has great power, but that it's under the control of, of the person riding it. Like that is a meek horse. Well, in family life, in all of life, 
Meekness is this idea like I have power to hurt you. I have power to get what I want, to maybe put my goals in front of yours. But in the power that I have, instead of doing my own things, my own way, trying to get what I want, I will use my power to help you. And this is what Jesus says. It says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, I love the promise and the blessing here. If you use your power to serve through your actions and you use your power to encourage through your words, Jesus is saying is you will actually get far in life. Inherit the earth is actually speaking of like success here and now. Right now, on this earth in the time that we have, if you're meek and you use your power and influence to bless your family, your kids, your spouse, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, all the different circles of relationships that you have, if you choose meekness, how can I use my power to serve and encourage you will be successful. You will find favor from God and from others. It's this idea of like there's gonna be progress that you've never experienced before. But again, isn't Jesus speaking to something that's so counterintuitive? We think for us to inherit something, for us to be successful, we have to just grind it out. We have to use our power to leverage over people to get after our goals. And we need to be responsible. What Jesus is saying is actually, if you use your power to serve, and to encourage, you will have a blessing of success that you've not had before. Think about that. How much are you encouraged by people that affirm you, say encouraging things to you? How much does it make a difference when somebody who by their choice decides to help you instead of maybe looking out for themselves? Doesn't that provide so much power to your life? Like, wow, that, that was so life-giving. And that's what Jesus is saying. And so as we look at our, our family life, one of the ways that, that meekness plays out is how am I using the words to, to bless my family? It's really easy to get into teasing and sarcasm and cutting, even in family life. People that we love, with our words, we can cut them down. We can manipulate. We can try to control. What Jesus is saying is, blessed are you if you look to encourage and you look to serve. And so how can you encourage and serve those in your family. If you do, you will find success. And the last attitude that I want to talk about this morning is hunger and thirst for righteousness. Matthew 5, 6 says this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. Now, hunger and thirst represent kind of a deep need that we have. Obviously, when we get so thirsty, we need and we long for water. When we are Without food, there's a sense of we long for sustenance. Uh, but also, hunger and thirst represent kind of deep impulses we have as well. Have you ever eaten something, not because you were hungry, but because it was there? Have you ever eaten something just because you were bored? It's very interesting. When, when you hunger or you thirst for something and you don't really need it, there's no satisfaction. Or if you hunger and thirst for the wrong things and it's not good for you, there's no satisfaction. So certainly what Jesus is wanting to get at is there's this drive that we can have, this hunger for the wrong things. And if you hunger and thirst for the wrong things, there'll be no satisfaction at all. And in the context of what he's speaking, again, it's not what's outward appearance. It's not achievement. If you hunger and thirst for these things, there's going to be an emptiness that you have. And so in family life, it's so easy to get caught up in achievement of all that our kids do in sports 
or in academics and we can look at like, wow, drive, drive, drive and, and try to weigh just how good they are based on their achievements. It's the same we can do at work. It's the same we can do in our marriage. We, we just want to achieve for this materialism. We want to achieve for all the merits of our own power. And again, Jesus is speaking to a crowd that they don't have much to offer. But even in America, with all the blessing that we have, it seems like we have tons to offer. But again, it's, it's not what's happening on the outside. It's, it's the character that's being grown within. And so God is saying is, is blessed are you if, if you push past the drive to promote yourself if you push past the drive for just wanting to make it all about what you can do. But if you can hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will experience a blessing that God will give you that you can't find from any pursuit of materialism or any other way. You can be satisfied. Next week, I'm actually going to unpack a little bit of what this righteousness is. It's actually what the next set of Beatitudes describe. Blessed are you if, if you strive for peace and you strive for purity and blessed are you if you strive for mercy. So mercy and purity and peace, that's really a good description of what righteousness is. So if you strive for those things, there'll be the satisfaction that you have. Like this, the sense of like, man, my life, while it's not everything I thought it would be or I don't have everything I want, I, I surely have everything I need because God has taken care of me. And so in summary, Jesus is wanting us to just face the fact that it's not on what we do, but it's on who we are. He wants us to focus on the person, not the performance. So I want to encourage you, you don't have to perform. You don't have to appear like everything's together in your life. That actually takes a lot of pressure off. In your family, you may be here today and you look and it's broken. And you may be just looking at just the pieces and thinking it's broken. I don't know how it'll ever be put back together again. You may be here and you long to have a family and you don't. You may be single and you're just thinking of just this, this sense of longing for something that you don't have. You may be a mom here today, even on Mother's Day, and you're just filled with this burden that you just aren't doing enough. You may be a father and with work and all your responsibilities, you just feel like you should be getting more time with your, your wife, more time with your kids, but you're not. And you just feel like you're in this position where you can't win. Wherever you are, Jesus' words are to bring us hope. And admitting just where we are is the beginning of that. And so blessed are you if, if you realize that you need to be poor in spirit and you need to be rescued. Blessed are you if, if you realize that, you know what, I don't have my life all together. I have some regret and there's some mourning that I have, but if I turn to God in the middle of that, I can be comforted. Blessed are you if you have power, but instead of lording over people or powering up over people, you, you actually serve, God will bless you. And then finally, blessed are you if you hunger and thirst for God to change you. If you hunger and thirst for, for the things which bring peace, and purity and, and mercy. So again, Jesus is offering help to all of us. And so no matter where you are, God wants to help you. In closing, there's a few things and next steps that I just want to encourage you to take. And you'll see this on the connection card. And so if you haven't yet filled out that connection card, now is the time to do it. And you can pause this right now and you can fill it out on the screen. You'll see next steps. You'll see different things that you can ask for information about. Uh, but there's a couple things that we want to help. If you want to learn more about the Beatitudes, we're going to be speaking of these the next couple weeks. 
we're going to be starting a new Bible plan. And in this Bible plan, we're going to be digging into each week uh, or each beatitude that Jesus covers in Matthew chapter 5. And we do this as a church. It's a great way for you to read the scriptures with a group of people. And you can comment and engage with other people if, if you'd like to. But just to get into the Word of God can be a help to you. And so on the connection card, put send me info about the Bible plan and we will do that. The second is if you're a parent and you just look at family life and you're thinking of blessing and how to get that and you need help, we're providing a parenting seminar. It's led by Dr. Nathan Lewis, who's a part of our sending church, Church in the Valley. Uh, Nathan has also done a couple seminars for us on parenting and marriage. He has so much experience in marriage and family life and in counseling. And this seminar is available for you to watch at home. And so if you're interested in, in watching that on that connection card, uh, click, you know, send me info of the parenting seminar. Also, I, I want to mention that there is a family activity sheet for your family to enjoy over the next few weeks. And these are just lists of activities that are all quarantine approved that you can do to really spend time together. One of the ways that these attitudes play themselves out is just as you connect and you enjoy each other. And so I encourage you, look over these activities as a family, allow your kids to see them, talk about them, and pick some that you can do even today, this next week, over the next two weeks. And we'd love for you to share that with us on social media. So you can tag us at Ridgeview Church on Instagram or on Facebook. And I encourage you, take some time to engage as a family and see just the blessing that comes from that. So I encourage you to do that. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for Jesus' teaching, which although is counterintuitive, is exactly what we need. Thank you that we can face where we are and who we are and know that we can get help. God, thank you that you focus on us as people, not our performance. And that when we really long to maybe have everything put together and we fall short, you still help us. So God, I just pray if there's anyone here today that has never yet decided to follow you, they've never been rescued, God, I pray that they will turn to you today and become a follower of Christ. I pray if, if people are just overwhelmed with discouragement or disappointment, that you will comfort them today. God, we know that you hear us and you care for us. We thank you for being here with us. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.